challenged in a pursuit of, uh, of the Lord God Almighty. Amen? Come on up, George.
passion. Mic check. Passion, Jackie. Passion is one of those things. It could be a tough thing. Passion, at one point in my life, could have gotten me the electric chair. But misdirected passion, right? I don't know, guys. Um, this story, the story we're going to be into, I think is kind of very interesting because it comes from a very unlikely source. Very unlikely source. Very unlikely source. Okay. I'm just going to start by saying, um, saying this. I, I wrote this. It's kind of the man in the mirror. There he was. Standing there. Looking in the mirror. Egypt mercilessly coursing through his veins. What? Egypt mercilessly coursing through his veins. The man of sin had grabbed a hold of his heart, his icy cold fingers gripping tightly. Tightly. With no sign. No sign of letting go. The veins that distributed life-giving blood, carrying vital oxygen to his organs and limbs, were now black and cold. As black as a starless winter night. There he was, standing in the mirror. She stood there, Gazing at his reflection in the mirror, helplessly looking on at that black death of sin, the cancer ravaging his body, he hears he hears a voice, a still small voice, a still small voice, as he stands there, gazing in the mirror. His eyes welling up with tears as he stands gazing in the mirror. There's that still small voice. Do you want to be made well? Huh? What an odd thing. What an odd question. Do you want to be made well? Was that still small voice? Coming through the reflection in the mirror. He looks to his left. What does he see? Blue skies. Blue skies. In the distance he could hear the birds chirping. A song of a canary in the distance. He could hear the woodpecker pecking in the woods. He could see the butterfly aimlessly floating through the air. He could feel the sun's rays on his face in a cool breeze. Ah, and he could see a road, wide road, a king's road, leading to a big gate, a wide gate. To the right! As he turns his attention, ah, 
skies black, the wind a tempest, the skies are contrary, a storm is a brewing to the right, storm on the horizon to the right, flashes of lightning, the sound of thunder to the right. And there he was, standing there, looking in the mirror. But the voice, the voice was coming from the right. And it said, simply, do you want to be made well? To the left, quiet. To the right, do you want to be made well? Came the voice. Huh. But then he looks. There's the road. Small. Small. He looks. Fairly straight. And the gate. Small. Hideous. But there came the voice. Do you want to be made well? So if you bow your hearts with me for an opening word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we hungry souls, we come to you this evening, Lord God, as, as in many ways broken men in need of healing, broken men in search of healing. We, we set this time, God, this weekend to, to seek your face. So we're going to see this evening righteousness. The pursuit of righteousness. What does that look like? What's the cost? The pursuit of righteousness in our lives as, as brothers. And Father, I just pray that we would offer to you this evening a heart that's ready to be shaped by its master. That you would cultivate in us, Lord God, this desire to know you more intimately. And that uh, you would empower us, God, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling by which we are all called to pursue righteousness. And Father God, I pray I can fully stand back. I have nothing to say. And that your spirit would speak to us this evening. I pray. I pray these things in the mighty name of the King, Jesus. Amen. Let's turn to 1 Timothy 6, 11. 1 Timothy 6, 11. God, flee these things. What things? Well, I'm not going to finish the verse. We're going to first look at the things, and then we're going to finish. Above, verse 9 and 10. 
But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. And to many foolish and harmful lusts. Which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money. Just in case that wasn't loud enough. For the love of money is the root of all kind of evil. For which some, having strayed from the faith in their greediness, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, but you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith. Love, patience, gentleness. What is righteousness? What do you think? What is righteousness? Proverbs 28, 14 says this. Happy is the man who is always reverent. Happy is the man who is always reverent, but he who hardens his heart will fall away into calamity. What is righteousness? Is it the pursuit of of heart? Reverent? Reverent to the one whom we call Lord? Is it? What do you think? Is it as in Proverbs 24.3, which says, Through wisdom a house is built. By understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Could the pursuit of righteousness be the pursuit of godly wisdom? The God who built the house. The God who built that life. Is it to allow God to by shaping and molding understanding of who He is in this pursuit of righteousness? Could it be could it be that the pursuit of righteousness is a knowledge to do rightly? And the empowerment to act upon this knowledge. Could it be? When confronted with the question, do you want to be made well as was this man looking in the mirror? You've sinned. You've made a mock of things. Do you want to be made well? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, we're going to look at one of the most tragic lives, and perhaps, if not in history, certainly in the Old Testament. Which is why I kind of preface this by saying, man, the minute I heard what my role was in, in this and what I was supposed to teach on, this, man's, this man has not left my mind. Because... It blows my mind to know that it was said of him, he's righteous. Okay, now, let's put on our, our magnum PI hat. Let's, let's look at the glass and let's see why. What? Why is he righteous? 
Let's, as an investigative journalist, dig in, dissect, and see why. Is he? Let's judge this. Now, before we look into the life of Lot, righteous Lot, as it is said of him, Righteous lot? What? Are you sure about that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is this the same lot? I mean, sometimes you have a grandfather and then, and then the grandson is named after the grandfather. Could it be another lot? No. Righteous lot? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hmm. Before we look into the life of this righteous lot, let's look at Proverbs 24 as it helped me understand some things about this man and where he was at. Proverbs 24, we're going to look at verses 30 through 34. An odd thing. To look at verses 30 through 34 and explaining some things here with what we're dealing with. But this this man, this man, after years and years of living under the shadow, under the tents of his uncle, you know, the father of the faithful, Abraham. His grandfather, Terah, he lived with them. Abraham raised him. Abraham's brother died. And Abraham raised Lot. But as we peer, as we dissect, as we open, as we look into his life, we're going to take a look and we're going to see what happened. We're going to see here a lazy man. Now this isn't a physically lazy man. Let's look at it with a different set of spectacles. Let's look at this from a different standpoint. Not a lazy man. Let's look at this. I went by the field of the lazy man. And by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. There it was. All overgrown with thorns. Its surface covered with nettles. Its stone wall broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and I received instruction. A little sleep. A little slumber. A little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Yes, it did. He took a snooze. A big snooze. And as we, as we walk by the field of this lazy man, spiritually lazy man, we're going to see why he was devoid of, of needed understanding. We're going to see how his stone wall was broken down under the tutelage of mighty Abraham. Abraham's not perfect. He made mistakes, plenty of them. Abraham believed in God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. 
Lot saw his life. He was there and a part of the whole thing. The, 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 all of it that went on with Abraham. From the beginning to, well, a lot of it. And so he got to see what a righteous man looks like. He was raised in his tents. But what happened, Lot? What happened? Do we know anybody like that? Anybody who, who comes to church on Sunday... Monday is a different guy. Tuesday, a different guy. Wednesday, a different guy. Thursday, a different guy. Friday, Saturday, a different guy. And you wonder why? What happened? What happened to this guy? He just comes and, okay, what happened? Well, there's going to be an answer for us this evening in some of that. There's going to be an answer, I hope. Now, let's do some finger gymnastics and go to the right and go to Romans 8. We're going to look at verses 4 through 6. Verses 4 through 6. Verse 4 says... That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, things of the Spirit. Things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's what it says. Now, keep on gymnasticking this time to the left. And let's start to read Genesis. And we're going to first look at Genesis 12, verse 10. Just verse 10. And I'll explain. We're going to do a bird's eye look into, into his, his tutelage first. And we're going to try to go fast so we can get to his personal story. But to get to his personal story, we have to see his life and see some things unfold. So Genesis 12, verse 10. says this. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there. For the famine was severe in the land. There, my friends, is the beginning of the end of Lot. There. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He said a famine in the land. Now, Abraham had been given promises previously. In, in, in the previous chapter, you know, if, if we don't need to go there, just to give you an idea, it talks about where, where Lot comes into play, and it just explains his father, Haran, that begot Lot, died and was raised in that whole bit. And then further down, he receives promises. Righteous Abraham, he, 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 he builds altars to God a couple of times. We see one in Shechem, and again in Bethel. And so we see this thing start to form and take shape of righteous Abraham raising up righteous Lot. But Abraham makes a big mistake. God says, Canaan. Abraham says, Egypt. There's a famine in Canaan. There's a famine in Canaan. 
Okay, God said Canaan. There's a famine in Canaan. So let me fix. This was the first of fixing God's mistakes. We know later, Hagar, Ishmael, let's fix God's mistakes. No, 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 no. God didn't make a mistake. He said, Canaan. Abraham got a little jittery, a little scared. Boom. Takes himself and everyone down to Egypt. And as I say, beginning of the end for Lot. Why? Well, because they are to leave Egypt. But Egypt is never to leave Lot. Never. For the rest of Lot's life, icy fingers gripping tight. We're going to see the decisions he makes are based on these things. Desires of the flesh. Desires of the flesh. We're going to see these things. And that's going to come into play soon. Genesis 13, 1 through 18. So I'm going to try to read it. And then we're going to move on. And we're going to come back and look at some things. Then Abraham went up from Egypt. Now this is when he left. When they left Egypt. Abraham went up from Egypt. He and his wife and all that he had in Lot with him to the south. Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and gold. And he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning. So now we find Abraham trying to fix a wrong that he had made. And going back to the beginning before his issues in Egypt that we see. He goes back and says, okay, God, okay. I, I, I'm going to start over. I'm going to go back to where you told me to be. I'm going to start to where my, that tent was. I'm going to start from there. I'm going to start from there. And I'm going to move forward, God. I'm going to move forward. All these things did not escape the attention of young Lot. Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Lot also went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them, that they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites that dwelt in the land. So Abram said to Lot, Please, let there be no strife between you and me. And between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? There. It's all there. Please separate from me. If you take to the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted his eyes. And what do you see? All the plain of Jordan. That it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Like the garden of the Lord. Like the land of Egypt. As you go towards Zoar. Now remember Zoar. This comes into play a little later. Very interesting. Okay. Like the land of Egypt. As you go towards Zoar. Very important. Then Lot chose for himself. But before I even go there. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes and the pride of life dictated his choice of direction. 
Egypt. Did we see Lot bow, make an altar, say, God, big decision, big decision. Where do I go? What should I do? Where do I go? No, no, no. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes as he saw well-watered Jordan. The pride of life. I've got herdsmen. I've got everything. We'll go there. I'll be successful there. Lot chose for himself all the plain of the Jordan, and Lot journeyed east and separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan. And Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain of pitched tents, his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are northward, southward, eastward, and westward for all the land which I see I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. And Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth tree of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. We see this pattern. With, with righteous Abraham at the time, Abram. You see that? Now, we're going to move ahead. A lot happens. A lot happens. A lot happens as we move ahead. But, but we need to dissect the story of Lot and not the story of Abraham. But we're going to look at some things. But let's just quickly go to Genesis 18 now. Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre. Ah, that's where he left him, where he was. As he was sitting at the tent of the door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet. And rest yourselves under the tree. And this continues and it goes on. Continues on. And we're going to pick it up all the way down here at 16. It says, The man arose from there and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to send them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great in my nation. And all the nation of the earth shall, bless, shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he might command his children and his household after him. That they keep the way of the Lord. That they keep the way of the Lord. To do righteousness and justice. And that the Lord might bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grave, I will go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it has come to me. And if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. And Abraham still stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place? 
and not spare it for the 50 righteous that are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked. So that the righteous should be as the wicked, far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So the Lord said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Then Abraham answered and said, Indeed, I who am but dust and ashes have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there were five less than the 50 righteous. Now we see here the whole haggling. You know, this is something we've read, I'm certain, many times. We see he, he haggles him down. He was very optimistic about his nephew, 50. A lot would have certainly reached 50. Well, let me think this through a little. What if he didn't? What if he didn't reach 50? What if he reached 45? What if he didn't reach 45? What if, what if there were 30? And on down the road we go until we get to, well, certainly in his household will dwell 10. It comes down to 10 people. He knew his nephew well, but not well enough. And there, 33 says, So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking to Abraham. Abraham returned to his place. Now the plot thickens. The plot thickens. But before it thickens, there's a lot that goes on. There's a lot. Chapter 15, we see in verse 6, Abraham believed in God, accounted him as righteousness. We see the cut covenant. Lot was there through it all. Lot was there through it all. In the preceding, and then 16, Abraham decides to take matters in his own hands, bring God's, God's promise to pass and giving him a son. The whole thing with Ishmael. A lot happens. A lot was there. Impression on Lot. Chapter 17, we see the covenant of God starting to take shape. We see the setting apart of God's people, circumcision. Lot was there through it all. Now, chapter 19. Before we read chapter 19, let's go to the right. James 1, 14. James 1, 14 says this. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gets Burst to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Now we're going to see in this man's life this righteous lot, this death that he was now living, this death that he was now living. We we reap what we sow, right? We reap what we sow. A man told me once, and I love this. Such brings such clarity to 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 that. We reap what we sow. I'll share it with you. Jason Richardson. This is what Jason said. He said, we were, we were doing a study and it was in James. And I was trying to come up with an illustration for this. And, and I just, I couldn't. And he pulls out of his pocket a check. Ooh, what do we do with the check? He says this. You... Monday, you punch in a time clock. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then, the boss sends you one of these. Your wages. Your wages for the time spent. Well, we're going to see the wages the lot is about to reap. The wages that he's about to reap soon. And it's sad the way, the way it turns out. But before we get down, 
There is hope at the end of this story. Please, okay, before you stone me or you get too sad-faced, no, there's hope. We're going to see something amazing burst out of all this. We're going to see, uh, we're going to see something come up out of the ashes. We're going to see some beauty out of this. Don't, don't get down. Wait. Bear with me. Put the stones away, please. I'll give you a quick little illustration. In the Balkans of Eastern Europe, where I'm from, in the Balkans of Eastern Europe, there, wintertime, with the first snow of the wintertime, if you look, in many places, you're going to see a flower. It's called a kukiche. This flower only comes with the first snow. As a reminder, as a reminder that although the snow is here, although the snow is now here, although the landscape is now covered in snow, okay, this is an interlude. Although the landscape is covered with snow, hope is on the horizon. The snow will melt. The snow will melt. And the spring will come. Life will come. So this flower comes up, the first snow. Reminds us winter will end. So now it's gloomy. We see this. Well, what's going on here? It's a lot. This guy, what's happening here? We're sad because it's the saddest story, in my opinion, in the Bible's history, at least the Old Testament for sure. Because it's tragic. It's unlike anything. It's horrible, horrific, horrific, horrific. But there's hope. It will get better. Spring is coming, okay? So now, a deep breath, chapter 19, verse 1. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting at the gate. Now, let's look at it. The two angels came to Sodom in the evening. Where was Lot? At the gate. He was working hard. He was working at night. He was working hard for the money. Okay? That's, that was in his heart. That's what he knew. He wanted to make a living. He lived in Sodom. He worked late at night at the gate, at the place of business. He was a prestigious man, a council member with Lot, working there late at night. Was sitting at the gate in Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face towards the ground. So, you know, piety here, he, he, he bows himself to the ground. An example of his, of his uncle and his upbringing, he knew. And he said, Here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your, wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go down on your way. And they said, No. But we'll spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly. So they turned into him and entered his house. Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread. Interesting. Unleavened bread. Why unleavened bread? His uncle. His uncle. Mm. And they ate. Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came with you tonight? Bring them out so that we might know them carnally. Oh man, bad scene here. Bring them out so that we might have sex with them. That's what he's saying here. So Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him, and said, Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See now, I have two daughters. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, but it gets worse. What do, you, what do we expect? 
living a life of sin. This is who we are. This is what we do. Here's now Lot pawning his two, his two daughters. His two daughters, man. What, what do we expect? The wages. The wages. He's been earning wages. Lots of wages. So there's the daughters. Pawning off the daughters. Let me bring them out to you, and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof for protection. It was hospitable. And they said, stand back. Then they said, this one came in to stay here, and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man lot and came near to break down the door. But the man reached out their hand and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the man who were the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became very wary trying to find the door. Man, so, so, wow. So, so they were now blind. They were still looking for the door. And they struck the man who were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great. Still trying to find the door, the depravity of this culture. Then the man said to Lot, Have you anyone else here? Son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and, and whomever have in the city? Take them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Oh, So Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-law. Interesting. Anybody, anybody catch the lie? Here, Lot, I just told those guys that were out there trying to rape him and, and, and the guys, the, the, the angels, that my daughters have not known a man. And here we are, spoke to his sons-in-law. Sons-in-law? So, so Lot, when I spoke to his sons-in-law, who had married his daughters, and said, get up, get out of this place, for the Lord destroy the city. But to his sons-in-law, it seemed as he was joking. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the man took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass, when they had brought them outside, that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. That was where he had to go. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. And the Lot said to them, Please, no, my lords. And, and indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight. And you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me, and I die. His life now, to the end of it here, is more nothing but, 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 but fear and, 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 and torment. He's, now, he's afraid. He won't even do what God through his angels is saying to him to do. See now, the city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Please, let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have found favor concerning this thing also, in that I will not overthrow the city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city is called, called what? Zoar. Do we remember Zoar? What was Zoar like? Like Egypt. I will leave Sodom 
anymore. I, I will leave, but let me go back to one like it. Let me go to Zoar. Let me go back to Egypt. I love Egypt. I'm used to Egypt. Zoar. Zoar is the next closest thing. See, he, he, he left Egypt, but Egypt never left. It never left. It's interesting here. The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire in Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all inhabitants of the cities, and when he grew, uh, and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind, and she became a pillar of salt. See, he, he, he left his uncle. He moved to Sodom and Gomorrah. He moved there. He intermarried. He married a, he married a Sodomitess. He, he, he raised children in that place. He had no courage to leave, no ability to leave. Egypt, Egypt never left. Egypt never left. So what, what does he expect? What's going to happen in his life, in this pursuit of life, of sin? Do we, do we pursue righteousness? Or do we pursue this life that he did? Sodom and Gomorrah. He married this woman, Sodomitis. He raised those types of children in that culture and with that influence. So what can we expect would happen? Well, it's a natural thing that happens, really. Oh, my goodness. And so... His wife becomes a pillar. No, no. If he would have just listened, just done what the angel said, go to the mountains, what transpired would not have. It would not have. If he, his wife, was, was, was a saved woman, was a godly woman, would have listened, said, fine, let's go, let's go. And she did not look back. If she obeyed, if she went, if they went to the mountains, then what was, is about to transpire would not have transpired. His wife would have been alive. Things would have, wouldn't have gone down in the manner that they did. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Then he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain. And he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land which went up like the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. Then Lot went up out of, the, out of Zoar. So now, hey, a life of fear. He, he's afraid now. He's afraid now. He, he, he thinks, okay, what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah is going to happen as well. I better leave. I finally better leave. I finally better take off. Hightail it. Go to the mountains because what happened there will probably happen to Zohar. They're, 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 it's Egypt. It's just like it. So, so I'm afraid. Let's go. I'm, now I'm going to go to the mountains. I'm, I'm done with this. And dwelt in the mountains. And his two daughters were with him. Uh-oh. For he was afraid to dwell in Zohar. And he and his two daughters dwelt in a cave. Now the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old and there's no man on the earth to come into us as is custom of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine and we will lie with him that we may preserve the lineage of our father. Oh man. So they made their father drink wine that night and the firstborn went in and lay with her father and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. It happened on the next day, the firstborn said to the younger, Indeed, I lay with my father last night. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. And you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve the lineage of our father, that they made their father drink wine that night. 
And the younger arose and lay with him, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Thus both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. The firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He's the father of the Moabites to this day. And the younger, she also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He's the father of the people of Ammon to this day. Now these guys, if you, if you look at the, the history, it, they are just a thorn in Israel's side. They're bad news. It doesn't get better because these guys are around. It gets worse for the children of Israel. It's, it's not a good situation at all. The man in the mirror. Back to the man in the mirror. So there I was. Looking at my reflection in the mirror. As I leaned on the counter in the bathroom. Looking in the mirror. I could see black veins. I could see. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And I look to the left. Strawberry fields forever. And I look to the right. The contrary. Skies. The tempest. Oh. Twenty months in Egypt. And now ravaged by sin and death and and. Ravenous cancer because of my choices to live in Egypt. 20 months. 20 months. And I looked at this man. His eyes welling up with tears. Now, you say, why? What happened? What happened? Nothing. Nothing. I got to North Dakota. I moved to Egypt for, for the promise of a better tomorrow. Hmm. I was using scripture to justify my choices. A wise steward, a man of God, feeds his family. How is it a place where I couldn't do that? Growing family, I couldn't do that. And so I looked at the plains of North Dakota. Oh, where, where, where? People were, were earning wages, supporting their families, and, and, and certainly they were, they were, they were, they were, they were loving God. Yeah. It was since since my youth, since I was a day or two old, that there was it was tattooed in the back of my eyelids, in the back of my eyelids. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added on to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and life His way will be added on to you. But then I was using Scripture saying, okay, I could justify this means through Scripture to go and earn better wages. I, 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 didn't, I couldn't pay my bills. I was getting to that point where I couldn't pay my bills. Growing family. Hmm. Seemed logical, right? Seemed logical, the famine that he was experiencing in Canaan moved to Egypt. So, what was in Egypt? I, I spent a little time in the oil field, six, months, six seven months in the oil field. 
And, and if you make it that far, you get a lot of training. If you get, get to the six or seven month mark, they start to invest heavily in you. And you get the opportunity to go to Texas and become an oil field engineer. Then your starting wages are $250,000. Could do that for a year or two. Then, just, then, then, then move back to Canaan. Do what I wanted to do, which was the deal I had thought I had made with God. God, let me do this. Let me earn a little wages. Let me, let me get some more money together. And then I'll go back and then I'll build some storage units or buy some fourplexes and some passive income. And then, God, then, only then, I can, I, can, I can dive into ministry. I can minister as I know I want to minister. But let me do this. Let me take care of this. And then, then, I can do what I feel like you want me to do. But then, okay? Okay, and, and I'm be a wise steward, and I'll earn some money for my family, and we're not going to be hungry, and we're going to pay our bills. And, and so I was in the oil field at the time. And then there was a decision. 80 to 120 hours of work a week I worked. And then there was a decision. Do I move to Texas? Do I go? Do I take that? Do I oil field engineer? Sounds fine. It, it'll quicken things for me. It'll make things work quicker. Quicker. And then... I sat thinking, hmm, not good, not good. For my, for my early, early age in Christ, uh, week one, week two, I don't know, I fell in love with listening to expository teaching of the Word of God. Four to ten a day, every day, every day. I loved it, man. I couldn't get enough. Give it to me more, 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 more. My wife thought I went crazy. She probably still does, but that's okay. That's okay. But at that point, nothing had changed. I was still listening all the time, like a madman. I was there at work with the earpiece here, with the streaming from CSN, listening all the time, getting fed, getting fed, getting fed, getting fed. I, I wanted to be in, ready in season and out of season. Who knew when a season might come where I needed to be ready? I needed to be ready. 80 to 120 hours a week was a long time to spend in the workplace. So I said, no, no, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna abandon that. And it just so happened that a job fell into my lap. There was a dream job, dream job. It was $88,000 a year to work one week a month and to work 40 hours for that week. 40 hours a month and get paid $88,000. Now. That week you could schedule any time in the month. It didn't matter. I would schedule it. I would schedule that, that one week. I would schedule it. My boss lived in Rhode Island. I could wait any time. What's the job? I was an inspector. Government inspector. General Security Administration. I was a GSA inspector of government facilities, of, of ports of entry between Canada and the U.S., the heaviest tools I had to, I had to lug around was a, was a flashlight and a clipboard and a checklist. Oh, the, 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 the solar panels, do they look good? Are they, are they tracking with the sun? Oh, yeah, check, okay. The, 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 the wind power generators, are they moving? Are they turning? Are they doing what they're supposed to be? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, good, okay. HVAC systems, superheating, subcooling, oh, what's going on? Yeah, they're doing okay, let's check. Oh, fine, good, good. I could check all that stuff out very quickly. I could make it, all of the work I needed to, I could have done it in one day. One day, the six ports of entry, I could have done it all in one day. I could have knocked them off, boom, one day, one day a month? 
Whoa. Whoa. He jumped. He jumped. Pharaoh. Remember Daniel? Remember Daniel? But Daniel chose not to defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies. He made a stand. I thought I had made a stand. I made no stand. Defiled to the utmost with Egypt, with my pursuits, with my pursuits, blinded now to where God wanted me to be. Canaan. Canaan. But no, no, no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Brand new government truck. $5,000 a month expense card that could be done with whatever, very loosely, whatever you need, anything you need. Buy all the flashlights you need, all the clipboards you want. $70 a day. That doesn't include the 88000 This is all extra. $70 a day in food per diem every day. Ribeyes were poking out of my ears. They were coming out of my ears, just flowing out. Ribeye steaks. I gained like 50 pounds. I don't know if it was 50 pounds, but it was a lot. Really eating ribeyes. I got sick of it. And then, month 20, month 20 came. I looked in the mirror. I sat there looking. What have I become? I would go to church on Sundays, Paul Knight, passionate, a preacher, knew the word, loved the word. He was really jumpy, kind of squirmy kind of guy when he taught, really interesting kind of character. I, I, I like this teaching, it's very good. Every Sunday I would go. I even made a bargain with him. I said, God, fine, fine. I'm in Egypt, I get it. I, I probably shouldn't be here, but I'm here. I want to be here. And then let me start a study. Let me do something for you, God. I'm, I'm, I've done enough for me. You've done enough for me. Let me start a Bible study. I, I know the word. I'm ready. I've heard. I know. I can exposit. I t- you know. So I did. Week after week, I showed up. Not a soul. Not a single soul came to my Bible study. Not one. What did God say to me? Oh, man. Well, God, God, I, I, I want to have my cake and eat it too. And this is nice. And we were about to double down and buy a house. I was approved for a huge loan to a dream home. I was double downing on my sin. Double downing. Month 20. I looked. There I was. God was saying to me, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Sat there looking with tears now streaming down my face. Nothing had happened at that point. That was it. This was life. It was uh, vacations. Oh, man. You name it. All of that stuff. But I started to die. Icy fingers gripping tight. Poison coursing through my veins. I started to shrivel up. And it killed me. It was killing me. I didn't want that. I wanted Canaan. Four months prior to this experience in the mirror, I had 
called Pastor Jackie and I, I was in a thing with my wife and, 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 and it was on, on, the, on this tithing thing there was an issue where, where she just didn't want to where she just, just, just was being unsaved acting unsaved my wife was unsaved so four months prior I did this fast a 21 day fast and in the fast I remember it was, it was a thing where, where the guy said specifically said you know, concentrate on, on one thing mountains can be moved mountains I can move mountains Oh God, I need a mountain moved. I'm sick of plowing circles in my life. Unequally yoked as an unbeliever, and you're plowing a field. What are you plowing? One ox is plowing here. One ox is plowing there. One ox is going at the ability that it is able to go in with the strength that it's able to go. And the other one is just barely inching along. So you're plowing circles. Sick of plowing circles, God. God, save her. My wife. My love, save her. So, four months removed, four months back, this is where I did the fast, and I saw maybe some pretty cool things through it. But I know now what I didn't know then. Something happened. Something that would change my whole life. My whole life. So four months later, month 20 in Egypt, I sat there looking in the mirror, thinking there's something off. I don't know what it is. Something's off. Something's not right. Crying. God. Canaan. So I had a talk with her. I said, we're moving home. (gasps) Are you mad? Have you lost it, man? Moving back? We spent all of our money, we, all this stuff that we've been doing, vacay, Hawaii, this, that. We what? At least stay, stay uh, uh, one more month. If you stay one more month, a huge bonus. You get to keep the truck, oh, a huge bonus. Huge, huge. And then, no. I already talked to Ron, Noel. That was the name of my wife. I already talked to Ron. I gave him a two weeks notice. We're moving back to Canaan. We're moving home. Oh, you already gave me two weeks notice? Yeah, I did. We're moving home. We moved home. I moved home. Month two after moving home, and this is almost the end of the story, so please, if you're sleeping, wake up, because this is the end. This is the springtime, the springtime. Two months after having come home, it, it, I, I don't know. Somehow we paid our bills. I don't know how. It, it happened somehow. Somehow. We're paying our bills. <clears throat> and uh, I had to print out some flyers. <clears throat> I had to print out some flyers to distribute. How was on her computer? looking for the driver that's supposed to be on her computer for my printer to print out the flyers. And uh, there it was. I, 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 I looked in, I opened for some reason, I was looking for it in the trash can. What if I threw it out? I looked. Chat room. Correspondence. Tom. Tom. was in her life. See, six months prior to that, doing the fast, 
So God, anything. God, do anything. God, save her. Save her. Save her, God. Anything. Anything. Just save her. So Tom comes into the picture. Then, we trace it all the way back. Then, exactly, Tom comes into the picture. Man from England, she meets on an app, on her phone, an app, a golf app. How do you play golf on your phone and like it? I don't know. I mean, the stroke of the finger? I, I don't know. How do you play golf on your phone? And I don't know. Maybe you guys, I don't know. But she meets Tom. And for six months, an affair. And I see it all. I read it all. Right there, the chat room correspondence. She was in love with him. Love. Love. And I was the bad guy, of course, in the correspondence. I was the bad guy. And, and, and she was in love. She had taken out a credit card for $3,000 that I didn't know about and taken a passport to make this thing done. This guy was in England. He was from England. And so she was ready to go to England. She was ready to go to England to, to meet with Tom. The wages, come on, the wages of sin is what? Yeah. See, see we, 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 we reap what we sow. And, and, and when we start reaping in that direction, then we start sowing from that direction. When we uh, uh, sow to the wind, we reap from the whirlwind. And, and I don't know why she was, she was, was she unhappy? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that, all I know is that she was in love with this guy. She was ready to make everything uh, happen. And, and my family would have been destroyed. Destroyed. Over. Over. And so then, I looked at that. When I saw that, it was like somebody took a fork and then and, and plunged it in here and then, and then twisted it like this and then twisted it like that and those icy fingers gripping tightly. Oh man, it hurt so bad. You know, it hurt a lot. It hurt a lot. And, and, and so she, she's me, she sees me, she passes behind me and she's like, why are you looking at my computer? I'm looking for a driver. And she sees what I'm reading, and she sees, and she goes, Oh no. Oh no. So I said, Care to comment? What is it? She said, Well, did you read the whole thing? Yeah. I read it, all of it. I couldn't love her then, I couldn't love her. I couldn't respond and, and with the love of Christ and say, sweetheart, I, uh, oh, I know, I know, I understand, I understand. I couldn't love her then. I couldn't. I said, what's this? Why? 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 And then, and then uh, I, I went outside and I called Jackie. I said, Jackie, hurry, drop everything you have. So him and Kathy immediately came. I told them what was going on. They came. And, and they shared with us their story. And then some words resonated with me through which I believe came God's voice in my life. Kathy said, if I would have only 
not been selfish and forgiven him sooner. And so the, for some reason, I kept on remembering that, hearing it in the back of my head when they left. I, I kept hearing that. The next day, I say, say Noel, let's, let's, let's uh, take the kids. Let's go to Boise. Let's go to, to the zoo. I don't know. We had like 50 bucks left or something, 100 bucks. I don't know. But I said, let's go to the, let's go to the zoo. I just want to get my mind off of stuff. I, I couldn't look at There was no eye contact uh, at all. I couldn't, I couldn't look at her. I couldn't make any eye contact. And... and uh, I said, let's go through. I just need to get my mind off of stuff. Can you drive? It was a stick shift car. I was still shaking. Can you drive? She drove. We went to Boise the next day. And the end of this story is here. At the first Jerome exit, the first Jerome exit, something happens. And uh, uh, God says to me, George, hey, tell me. Tell me, of what have I not forgiven you? What? Remember? I cast your sins afar, as far as the east is from the west. As far as the east is from the west. Her, right there, that's my daughter, and I love her. Forgive her. Now. Don't wait. Now. I love her. And I've died for her as well. And so I, I, I turn to her and I look at her in the face and she looks down. And I, said, and I put my hand on top of her hand that was on the shift lever of the car. And I said, sweetheart, I forgive you. And I love you. And I promise you to never bring this up again. Your shortcomings. I cast though your shortcomings, your sin as far as the east is from the west. I'll never bring it up. I love you with an unconditional love. And she begins to weep, and she begins to cry, and she begun to get saved. And she's now saved. She's now saved. And so now, in conclusion. Egypt. See, it wasn't just her that got saved that day. It was my family that got saved that day. Egypt had a strangle. It was no longer there. I was able to clearly see Egypt, who Egypt was, and what it's able to do to a man. The worships of the altar of mammon, the things that it's through, through, through money, that, that the joy and happiness and peace come but then then after my 20 months of Egypt I realized I wasn't so and now I'm in Canaan now I'm in Canaan and my wife is saved and she loves God it's amazing I can't put into words I can't they're lacking I can't put into words that blessing to me I can't put into words what that means to me, what God did, what God did. So let's, let's bow our heart in, in a closing word of prayer. Father God, I, uh, I don't know who you're speaking to here, me, they, we. I just pray, Lord God, that these words are founded on uh, fertile soil. I don't know who, whose heart is receiving this. 
And Father, it's my utmost desire and prayer and, and, and wanting that uh, you be glorified in our lives. That you would do with this as you will, Father God. And that this, these words be founded on a fertile soil that they'll bring you glory, glory. As we remember what Egypt is and as we remember what Canaan is and as we remember, remember to pursue righteousness. To pursue righteousness. To seek first the kingdom of God and, 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 and your righteousness and then your type of life will be added to us. The life you want us to lead, to live. We love you, Lord. I just pray, Lord God, that uh, through this weekend that uh, the hearts will be molded, that lives will be shaped in a manner that's, that's worthy of the calling by which we are called, Lord God. We love you, Lord. We bow the knee to you this evening. And we pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.